Wire to Wire is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they're able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. Here on this edition of Wire to Wire, we are going to talk fantasy football waiver wire for the fantasy football playoffs. I am headed to the playoffs in a handful of my leagues, including my most important league, and I absolutely love that. But I also love things outside the sports world. And on game time, I can find the right ways to scratch those itches. Concert tickets, theater tickets, they've got it all on game time. Of course, they've got plenty of sports for you as well. College basketball season just underway. I am a huge college basketball fan, so you can bet I will be checking game time to find tickets to some big college basketball games. The game time app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. Download the game time app in the Google Play or App Store and score last minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. Welcome in to Wire to Wire. We hope you had an excellent Thanksgiving holiday and Thanksgiving weekend. We hope it treated you better than it did the entirety of the NFC East with that division really falling flat on its face in front of a national holiday weekend audience. We also hope that you secured yourself a playoff berth this week. Uh, I can say that I did in some leagues and we hope that you are ready headed to the fantasy playoffs in however many leagues you might be in. I am Michael Beller, your host of Wire to Wire, joined as always by my co-host Brandon Funston. Brandon, uh, I trust you had an excellent Thanksgiving weekend. I know uh, you're feeling good about the uh, Washington Huskies getting that Apple Cup. That's right. I'm feeling good about that. Uh, I wasn't feeling good this morning on the basketball court, uh, moving around a little (laughs) slower than I did last week. So uh, hopefully in the process of knocking a couple of the accrued pounds off over the weekend, but I had a good time and I, I trust you did the same. Yeah, it was a really good, uh, really good holiday, really good Thanksgiving weekend for me as well. But we're back to reality here uh, in the uh, fantasy football world, the fantasy football playoffs for most people beginning in week 14. If you are sitting here listening to us, uh, whether you're uh, listening on a desktop, listening on your phone, listening on your commute, whatever it might be, we trust that if you are listening, that means you are headed to your fantasy playoffs as well. So congratulations. If you are listening on uh, iTunes, Spotify, anywhere else in the free universe, thank you for listening. Please rate, review, subscribe. It really does help us. And we still do have our promotions running, theathletic.com slash wire to wire, 40% off an annual subscription gets you access to everything we do at The Athletic, including Jake Seeley's waiver wire column, which comes out every single Monday night, midnight Eastern. Even though we are in week 14, maybe you're just going to dance with whoever brought you, but there could be some guys out there who carry you even further going forward. So you're going to want to pair this with Jake's waiver column, as we say in this space every single week these uh the our podcasts are going to be uh very key for you uh, this week also so uh, be sure to check out me brandon and jake on the ranking show on wednesday and then me and derek if you are a subscriber to the subscribers only version of the episode the update that we do every single friday with that we are ready to turn our attention to the week 14 waiver where we're going to do things a little bit differently this week than we have previously if you've been joining us you know that we usually like to start 
with our top three waiver wire targets of the week. We're still going to start with our top waiver wire targets, but we are now operating in a much shorter window. We are only concerned with short-term gains. So that is really where we're going to focus our look, and we're going to extend our aperture at least at the start, and then narrow it as we get beyond our top picks. Uh, so we've got five guys for you that we're calling top waiver targets this week. The first, Benny Snell, 16 carries for 63, 63 yards and a touchdown in Pittsburgh's win over Cleveland. Three games this season with 16-plus carries. We know, Funston, that if James Conner is out, Benny Snell is the lead back for Pittsburgh. And with James Conner up in the air for next week's matchup with the Arizona Cardinals, he feels like a very good ad at this point. Yeah, Connor was doubtful, so he's got a ways to go, and you you probably feel pretty good about Benny Snell get, getting another run out there, and that's good because he's facing the Cardinals, the ninth most rushing yards to running backs, and you know you want to concentrate on the defense and and what they allow on the ground because Snell is pretty much a non-factor through the air, but I think uh, you know against the Cardinals, this is this is kind of what you could expect again. Another, you know, another decent workload, another probably 60 plus yards and a good chance for a touchdown. I think he's a guy that as you talk about, we're just really going to narrow our focus for one game. I think Benny Snell's a guy that you can really consider uh, strongly as a start this week. And because, you know, if I'm a betting man, I don't think James Conner is going to play now, you know, two weeks from now when they're playing the bills, three weeks now when they're playing the jets, tougher matchups, and I would expect James Conner, they're going to want to try to get back as they push closer uh, to earning that playoff berth. But this week, I think it's going to be another Snell week. Yeah, it definitely feels that way. Like you said, James Conner doubtful. And again, you maybe wouldn't feel great about starting Snell, even if Conner is still out beyond this week against the Bills in Week 15 or the Jets in Week 16. But you certainly won't care about Week 15 if you lose in Week 14. Benny Snell, a great matchup with the Arizona Cardinals in Week 14, the first round of the playoffs for most people. How about Raheem Mostert, Funston? Uh, gets himself a huge game in Week 13. 19 carries, 146 yards, and a touchdown. Matt Breida still dealing with that ankle injury. It seemed like he was going to be able to get back for this one. Then he got scratched, and Mostert was the best running back for the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, this is a little bit more complicated because of all those running backs, but we know what Raheem Mostert can be when he has himself a meaty role in San Francisco's backfield. Yeah, I mean, I got him all over the place. He wasn't somebody that people were really that interested in picking up uh, over the last couple of weeks, but I was able to, you know, I have a lot of teams with Brita, and I was like, okay, I'll just, I'll go out and grab a bunch of Mosterts and uh, help me out in a couple of leagues. And in a couple of leagues, uh, I managed to not get burned by not starting him. Um, but Mostert, man, I, I, this guy deserves more touches because, you know, former former uh, track guy at Purdue. Um, but every time he touches the ball, it seems like something good is happening. And he's had over 130 carries in his career and is averaging over six yards per carry on those, uh, you know, and, and yards per carry isn't the be all end all. But in the same offense this year, he's getting five point nine yards per carry compared to Tevin Coleman who's getting three point eight. Now, all carries aren't created equally, like I said, but. I'm just saying uh, he is he is barking for more playing time for sure. Um, this week, that's tough. The Saints are as good as it gets uh, pretty much when it comes to shutting down running backs. And Moster can can help you a little bit through the air, but he hasn't been huge in that department this year. So I think he deserves to be rostered, but I would probably not be so excited about putting him out there in an active uh, you know starting lineup this coming week against the Saints. 
Yeah, week 15, he gets the Falcons, which feels like a softer matchup. Week 16, he gets the Rams. Uh, the complicating factors beyond the schedule, as we mentioned, Breida could come back. Tevin Coleman's still involved. So you're not quite sure what you're getting, but uh, Raheem Mostert's certainly uh, worthy of a roster spot at this stage, even if you're not sure for sure if you're going to be playing him in week 14. James Washington, let's talk about a wide receiver up here. Funston, another Pittsburgh Steeler after Benny Snell. James Washington caught all four of his targets for 111 yards and a touchdown in week 13. Now has at least 90 yards and a touchdown in three of his last four games. Seems to be the one guy in the Pittsburgh passing game who's been able to register a pulse with Mason Rudolph and or uh, Devlin Hodges. It's going to be Hodges going forward for this team that is surprisingly in the playoff hunt after losing Ben Roethlisberger so early in the year. And here's a schedule that you don't mind seeing the rest of the season. The Cardinals, the Bills, and the Jets. That middle one against the Bills in Week 15 maybe doesn't feel so great, but you got to love the Cardinals and the Jets certainly aren't scaring you if you do make it to your championship game. Yeah, uh, yeah, what you said there on Washington has been impressive. Uh, you know, I was looking up, he's had uh, 49 yards receiving or more in seven games, which 49 doesn't seem like a big number, but compared to the rest of the wide receiver class, only 19 uh, wide receivers have had more games of 49 plus yards. And a lot of that, you know, early stuff, he was, you know, he was still kind of having to fight with Juju Smith-Schuster and some other guys and trying to work his way up to death chart. I think he's kind of, you know, you look at what he's done lately, a lot of, a lot better production. He's kind of become the guy he's done it with Rudolph and Hodges. As you mentioned, I love seeing that. I don't love seeing only four targets uh, this past week. You'd like to see a little bit more than that, but the matchup against the Cardinals has been great. Even with Patrick Peterson back, the Cardinals have still been very generous to wide receivers. So I don't know if he can go away from James Washington this week, given the matchup, given the way he's played. Um, pretty easy case to be made that he's in your flex spot at least uh, this week. Yeah, I, I agree with you there too. And the, the recent history, the 90 plus yards and three and a touchdown and three of last four makes me feel pretty good about where he is. We know he has that big home run ability. We've seen it in both of the last two weeks uh, for the Steelers. So James Washington, a guy who, uh, whether we were talking short term or whether we were talking long term with what he's recently put up in the stat sheet would be someone who we would be talking about uh, in wire to wire. Here he gets in as someone who could end up being a playoff hero. A couple of other guys who I think stand out above their position by position look, but maybe not quite in the same range as uh, the guys we've already talked about. I wanted to lump them in here in our top picks are Patrick Laird and Anthony Miller. Uh, Patrick Laird uh, looks like he's going to be the guy-ish as much as someone's going to be the guy uh, in the Miami backfield the rest of the season. Turned 10 carries into five yards uh, in their win over the Eagles in week 13. Did score a touchdown though. Kalen Balazs dealing with a leg injury, and we know Laird can be someone who is meaningful in the passing game. Caught four of five targets for 43 yards in Week 13. Funston, this Miami Dolphins team, surprisingly effective, surprisingly fantasy relevant, and their next three games, their playoff schedule, Jets, Giants, Bengals. Where does Laird fit for you? Well, I, I think you saw what, you know, the 10 carries for five yards, yuck. But, I mean, he still scored a touchdown, and he is very uh, capable of helping out in the passing game, which you think is going to be something that should be there most, you know, most weeks. I mean, he's had a couple of really nice receiving games in two of his last three games. Um, so, I you know, he's a tough one to just say, okay, I'm going to start him. But I think you can lump him into a flex conversation, depending on how deep your league is, depending on – uh, you know what your what your bench is looking like. I think he's a guy that at least deserves to be rostered because the 14 touches 
um, is probably a regular thing going forward. We'll see how much they're going to mix Miles Gaskin in if, if Balazs is out for a while. But um, it kind of feels like they like Patrick Laird. Uh, he can be active in the passing game. Very often we might find the game scripts going in a way where Miami has to throw the ball. So uh, you feel good about sort of a maybe if you take out the touchdown, this this might that might be his his baseline is mm-hmm. around 50 yards and, and four to five catches. And, you know, in a PPR league, that might work out as someone that you're interested in in shoving into a flex spot, especially in deeper leagues. Yeah. And this will not be the last time we talk about the Dolphins, at least partially based on the schedule here in this episode of Wire to Wire. I mentioned Anthony Miller had a big game on Thanksgiving against the Lions, caught nine passes for 140 yards. Last three games uh, has quietly put together three useful fantasy performances, 33 targets in those three, 21 catches, 271 yards. Bears playoff schedule wraps up like this. Cowboys, Packers, and Chiefs, this Cowboys game, another Thursday nighter for both of these teams. So uh, not really a short week for either one, right? They both played on Thanksgiving. They both play on Thursday. This week, uh, where's Anthony Miller for you? Uh, better, worse? Uh, is he significantly worse than James Washington? Um, you know, this Bears uh, offense uh, has been dogged a lot this year, but uh, has shown some signs of life in recent weeks. Well, I loved Anthony Miller uh, coming out of college. I just like the way he played. He just seemed like a just a tenacious receiver with some talent to go with it. Uh, I love eleven, an average of eleven targets over those last three weeks as well. Don't love the quarterback situation. Uh, Taylor Gabriel was out. You wonder how much he was in concussion. When he gets back, you wonder how much that'll hurt him. I don't like the fact that he hasn't scored a touchdown. So I think I'm still James Washington one, but I, you know, Anthony Miller is just a guy I like just in general in terms of talent and his, you know, the way he plays. And I would love to see him in a different situation. But 11 targets uh, on average over the last three weeks says you have to at least pick this guy up. There's in 12 team leagues. There's somebody being rostered right now that doesn't deserve to be over Anthony Miller. Definitely, definitely. And always keep in mind uh, that uh, you, you want to be playing someone, obviously, at this stage of the season. But there is still room for depth. Uh, you know, you, you, we're still all planning to win championships, right? You can't win a championship unless you win week 14. But you might want to turn to him even if you're not starting him this very week somewhere down the line. So Anthony Miller rounds out our look at our top plays. We now go position by position. And again, this is going to be a little narrower. We're not really going to talk about guys uh, who don't really have any realistic chance of getting into lineups over the next couple of weeks. Um, first of all, I just want to mention Bo Scarborough. His uh, his ownership rate across the fantasy industry is right on that threshold where maybe it's a little too high for us to talk about, but still low enough uh, that he could be out there in competitive leagues. Uh, if he is, you got to grab him. He is uh, clearly the lead back in Detroit. Uh, he has led this team in rushing now three weeks in a row. He's had meaningful number of carries and meaningful number of yards uh, going up against decent uh, to strong defenses. Bo Scarborough should – I can't explain why he's still right in that 40 to 45% ownership rate mark, but this is someone who should be owned in 75 85% of fantasy leagues, even with not the easiest schedule for the playoffs for Detroit, Minnesota, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Week 15, and the Denver Broncos in championship week. You still want Bo Scarborough on your fantasy team. Darwin Thompson could find himself in a larger role for Kansas City going forward. We already know that uh, Daryl Williams, Damian Williams, these guys both injured, uh, could be serious ones, could be guys who are out for a while. Even if LaShawn McCoy 
leads the backfield. Got to believe Darwin Thompson is going to have some sort of role if both Williams are going to be out. Had 11 carries for 44 yards and a touchdown in Week 13. A playoff schedule that features the Patriots, Broncos, and Bears, so not necessarily the easiest. Uh, Funston, how do you feel about Darwin Thompson going into Week 14? I want any KC back that's going to get 11, 12 touches. I'm in on that, you know? So we'll see. The KC backfield has been extremely frustrating because, like, from week to week, the situation seems to have changed, like, every week this year. Like, I don't think we've gone more than a couple games with, like, the two same guys. I think early on, uh, Damian Williams and LaShawn McCoy were kind of in those, you know, kind of established as the top two guys. But because of injuries, because of just, uh, you know, the weirdness of this backfield is hard to have any kind of consistency with who's back there. But if you tell me this guy, and if it's this week, it's Darwin Thompson is in, in a good shape to get, you know, 11, what he got last week, 11 plus touches. I'm in on that. I, I want that guy. So uh, it's, it's a good enough offense. Um, it's been lucrative enough for the running backs on a per touch basis that I, you know, I would be willing in, in a lot of leagues uh, to take a, take a chance on that guy. Yeah, and even with LaShawn McCoy likely to be more, uh, maybe not a majority of the touches, but uh, probably a plurality of the touches I think we could bet on for McCoy. Uh, There's enough work to go around here, even in tough matchups, that Darwin Thompson is someone who should be owned. I feel better about the running backs we've already discussed ahead of him. Like, I'm not taking him over Scarborough or over Snell or even over Mostert or anyone like that. Maybe Laird is where he is for me, Um, but uh, I definitely want him. I want to claim it on him. Uh, because of what being a uh, a meaningful player in the Kansas City Chiefs offense does represent on a week-to-week basis. A couple of other running backs before we move on from this position. Um, uh, we're not falling for Peyton Barber, are we? We're not going to let that rug no. get pulled out on us again. No and then Jordan Wilkins is the other one. Uh, another situation where it feels like I want to stay away. Um, I, I just, I mean, Wilkins is an interesting one. We we got to hit on Barber. Um, so I get, you know what? I'm going to let you do that first, and then I'll just jump in on Wilkins. Uh, you can just dismiss of anyone who is trying to, who is being tempted by the fall of Peyton Barber. Uh, yeah. So who do you want me to talk about? The Colts, or you want me to talk about? No, no. Uh, you hit on Barber and just and just uh, make sure no one's going to fall for this. No, I, I, man, I feel bad for all the guys that I told that this could be a <laughs> nice week for Ronald Jones. I, I said it multiple times. I want to, I want to reel that one back in. Um, and I, and shame on me because this has kind of been the, you know, this has been the story with this backfield all year. I, Bruce Arians is is playing a hot hand every week, and it doesn't matter how well the guys done previous weeks. It matters how well they've done on the series and this in the two series before that, and. It's it's in game, and he has shown time and time again that it it will change in a heartbeat. There's no there's no you know kind of like rewarding a guy for past games. It's all about in game, and so with that, you just can't risk it in the playoffs um, because Ronald Jones was the guy in the in the last you know month. He's scoring touchdowns in most of those games and getting good yardage and kind of looking like the clear guy and. Uh, Peyton Barber had a nice run early in this game and he became the guy, he became the hot hand. He got the touchdowns and, uh, yeah. So who knows, but you don't want to go into the playoffs with a, who knows, uh, play in your starting lineup. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel about Peyton Barber. I'm really not trying to get tied up in this, and I find it hard to believe that most people who are advancing to their playoffs are going to be uh, uh, in a position where they're starting Peyton Barber, period, and certainly not with any degree of confidence. So I think Peyton Barber is someone we can safely avoid, and I feel the same way about the Colts. Um, You know, Jordan Wilkins uh, got 
11 carries for 47 yards in week 13 in the loss to the Titans. You know, Marlon Mack, uh, maybe he's coming back sometime soon. Maybe this team loses a couple of games and they uh, fall out of playoff contention and he doesn't come back. But again, it gets to a realistic point where, you know, if this were week three and we were talking about Jordan Wilkins, then sure, put a claim in on him. But this is week 14. And are you really in a position where you are advancing to your playoffs and see any realistic path? where you are still alive in your playoffs and Jordan Wilkins is someone who factors into your starting lineup mix. I don't know if that really exists. I think I'd rather be taking shots on like looking a week ahead at defenses or looking a week ahead at quarterback matchups rather than you adding my seventh running back to the roster and that seventh running back being Jordan Wilkins. So I'm going to be staying away from this Colts backfield. How about you? Yeah, well, I was just looking at their schedule. The two teams that have allowed the least rushing yards in the league are the two teams that are next up for the Colts, and they're both on the road. So you get Tampa, you get New Orleans, and you get a little bit of a convoluted backfield, and you really shouldn't care about the Colts until you know who's starting in the championship week if you're still alive, because they'll get Carolina then, which is as good as it gets pretty much in terms of matchups. But until then, don't fight this incredible headwind of very tough matchups and really some, you know, uncertainty as to as far as workload goes for the Colts. It's just, you, you know, you didn't get this far doing those kind of decisions mm-hmm. and you shouldn't just decide to do that now in your playoffs. Yeah. Marlon Mack come back. Jonathan Williams still a factor. Naeem Hines has his pass catching role. And then the two tough matchups, as you mentioned, just not worth it. We like to say here at Wired Wire, we tell you not only who to go after, but who to avoid. That can be just as important. So those are two guys, Peyton Barber and Jordan Wilkins, who we are staying away from in week 14. How about the wide receiver position now, Funston? We already hit on a couple in James Washington and Anthony Miller. Uh, we've got five guys written down here. So instead of doing our usual thing, I'm just going to uh, put present these five guys to you. Russell Gage, Cole Beasley, Darius Slayton, Zach Pascal, A.J. Brown, and ask you which one are you most interested in this week and which one are you most interested in over the full term of the fantasy football playoffs? Um, and it can be well, the same answer for both if it is. Well, I love Darius Slayton uh, this week and for the full term. I mean, that 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 matchup uh, with the Eagles, you get the Dolphins, you get the Redskins. I like all of those. I like the 30 targets in the last three weeks as I'm looking at your show notes here. Um, but Darius Slayton has been a guy that uh, I w- we've talked about in the past about maybe he's, he had developed a little bit of a rapport since he's a rookie and, and with Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones certainly seems to like him. He has talent. He's flashed some pretty nice plays throughout the year, had some good games. And he's getting targets right now, and that's going to pay off, I think, in the in the playoffs. So uh, he's probably my number one. I think if you're just looking for a safe guy, you know, Cole Beasley, not a lot of great matchups the rest of the way, but he's kind of one of those guys when the matchups are tough, you kind of like a Cole Beasley because he's the one who, uh, you know, Josh Allen's looking for finding these little safety spots in the in the in the defense. But I'm I'm going Darius Slayton one. If Dar- if Ty Hilton's out for a while. I'd be interested in Zach Pascal as well. But for me, I think it's firmly Slayton. Yeah, I think I might be with, you know, Cole Beasley is wide receiver 26 in half PPR leagues, wide receiver 25 in full PPR. But, uh, I mean, this guy has been quietly effective pretty much all season. And we've talked about him a lot in wire to wire. The the week-to-week ceiling isn't necessarily huge. Uh, Obviously, that did not hold in his uh, revenge game against the Cowboys last (laughs) week. Six grabs for 110 yards and a touchdown, but uh, I mean, wide receiver 26 and half PPR leagues and a guy who's been pretty consistent all season. It's remarkable to me that we're sitting here in week 14 and we can still talk about him on a waiver wire fantasy football show. 
I mean, it's right. It's not like he's wide receiver 26 because he has put together three monster games in a row. He's basically done exactly what he's done all season, except sprinkled in a little bit more touchdowns recently than he did earlier in the year. But uh, that's why I, I think you're right. Ravens, Steelers, Patriots, obviously not great matchups. I mean, would any of us be surprised if uh, we wake up three weeks from now and the nine and three bills are suddenly the nine and six bills still fighting for their playoff lives? I don't think so. But because of what Beasley does in this offense, because of the role uh, that he plays and and how consistent he is in that role, uh, the floor is always going to be there regardless of matchup. We've already seen him have one of those floor games of his against the Patriots earlier this year in a game where the Bills only scored 10 points and Cole Beasley still did his usual thing minus the touchdown. So uh, you know exactly what you're getting out of Cole Beasley. And I think out of these five guys, him, Gage, Slayton, Pascal, and A.J. Brown, he's the only one you can say that about. So for me, this really comes down to roster construction. If I have, right, if, if I'm looking for a wipe from wide receiver help and I feel awesome about the rest of my team, I've got one of the better teams in my league, I might need a little bit of help at wide receiver. Maybe I've got some injuries or maybe it's just been my weak point all season. I just need someone to come in and give me a solid eight-point floor and maybe he'll pop off for 14. Cole Beasley's the guy. Uh, so in a vacuum, Cole Beasley would be my favorite of the five here. And then I agree with you on Darius Slayton. I think he's got the highest ceiling. 30 targets over the last three weeks, three great matchups to end the season. Philadelphia, Miami, and Washington. Those are three teams that have not stopped anyone through the air this season. And we saw uh, two uh, offenses in Philadelphia or in Miami just yesterday between the Eagles and and Dolphins put up 68 points between the two of them. You had three passing touchdowns from Carson Wentz. You had three from Ryan Fitzpatrick. I mean, those two defenses are stopping no one. And those are the two teams that the Giants get to play over their next two weeks. So that he would probably be my second. I go Beasley Slayton. And then I feel pretty comfortable drawing a line and saying Gage Pascal and Brown are beneath them. So uh, that's how I, that, that's at least how I rank them. Uh, if I had to go beyond that, man, I mean, I would really use matchup. Uh, if I needed something right away, week 14, AJ Brown has a great matchup with the Raiders, but then from that point forward, it gets a little bit tougher for Tennessee. So he'd probably be the one who I'm least interested in. I think I would rank him Beasley Slayton, Pascal Gage Brown. Yeah, I I I think uh for sure on the first three. And I don't know if it really matters after yeah, that. Like it's kind of but I think Pascal probably is just a notch above Gage and Brown. And uh and mm-hmm. he has the Bucks. He has the Bucks this week. So yeah, um, you know, play for now. Yeah, yeah. We're basically in agreement that it's it's Peasley or Peasley, it's Beasley, <laughs> Slayton, Gap, and then the next three, almost however you want to rank them. Yeah. Um, all right. And then, of course, don't forget uh, earlier, as we mentioned, uh, James Washington, Anthony Miller, they join in with that Beasley Slayton group uh, as the wide receivers that you're going to want to go after this week in most leagues uh, where uh, you know we're talking realistically available receivers. Those are the guys who we prioritize on the waiver wire this week. The tight end position, obviously, we take this week by week, but we had a couple of guys who maybe have some long term viability. I'm not sure. Funston, we've got David and Joku possibly returning. Uh, from his wrist injury, he's been practicing but hasn't been able to play. We've got Tyler Higby, who had a huge game in a great matchup against the Cardinals, gets another solid-looking matchup against Seattle in Week 14. And then we had Mike Gesicki, another one of those Dolphins who's uh, showing up uh, more often than not and gets that great schedule, Jets, Giants, Bengals. Any of these three guys, Njoku, Higby, Gesicki, jump out at you, not as just a Week 14 guy, but as someone who you can roll with for the entirety of the fantasy playoffs? 
Well, I'm interested in Higby if if Everett continues to be out. I mean, great matchup this week uh, coming up against the Seahawks. Seahawks have been long a very generous defense to the tight ends, but you know, often Higby and Everett are are sharing time, and uh, you know, with with Everett out, Higby really stepped up, and you can see that continuing going forward if Everett's out. So he would be my first. First and foremost, again, we, we don't want to look too far ahead. We want to look to this week. I, with Njoku, can you trust him in week 14, having no not played? So I, I don't think, even though the Bengals are a pretty nice matchup, I don't think you're picking him up and plugging him in right away. It's kind of like pick him up and maybe just watch and see how he does with the anticipation that if you have someone else that's serviceable this week at tight end, that maybe if Njoku looks all right, oh, you get the Arizona Cardinals the next week, and then you can, you know, then you can feel better about Njoku, but uh, I have to go Higby first and probably Gasicki second, just on, just on, we got to play for today. Right. And mm-hmm. so uh, that's where I'm at. I would like to have the luxury of being able to add in Joku and just leave him on my bench and see how he looks from that standpoint. But I don't know, you know, how many teams have that luxury. I love that call. That's something to definitely think about if you do have that luxury and if tight end is a weak spot for you, Add in Joku, even if you're not playing him this week, because if he does get back, if he does look good, if he meshes well back into Cleveland's offense, then he gets that cushy matchup against Arizona in Week 15. Absolutely love that call. I would lean Gesicki, actually, over Higby. I understand what you're saying uh, with uh, Gerald Everett being out, but uh, Higby's coming off that great, that same great matchup against Arizona. I really like – I think Gesicki's a guy who you could roll with every single week for the playoffs with the Jets, Giants, and Bengals on Miami's schedule. So I like him a little bit better uh, than Higby, but I agree if you're playing for Week 14, you got to go with one of those two guys first before you go with Njoku. And the rest of the tight end position, uh, you, you just don't want to get involved with. Uh, even some of the other guys who we've talked about a lot in this space uh, are now far too far owned because of how desperate people are at this position, uh, uh, Jack Doyle's up in the 60% ownership range. Uh, no, Fant has seen his ownership rate explode, and it's not like he's doing much with that either. So uh, to me, Higby and Gesicki, easily the top two guys. I reverse it for week 14. And then if you do have that luxury, David Njoku, not a bad guy to grab, stash, hope he's healthy, and that you can use in week 15 when the Browns play the Arizona Cardinals. We're flying through as we should be in week 14. It's the waiver wire. It's uh, plenty of stuff have already happened, have been behind us. We're not expecting to grab our championship off the waiver wire at this stage of the season, but maybe you might need to do it at the quarterback position if you have been streaming signal callers and Funston. I mean, I look up and down this list of names. There are a lot of guys I would feel good about. I mean, forget about streaming. These are guys who I'd feel good about as my regular starter if I didn't have, you know, Lamar Jackson or Patrick Mahomes. Uh, who out of this multitude of options is your favorite for Week 14? Well, I'm just an, I'm amazed that Ryan Tannehill is still available in yeah. over six. So is Adam Gase. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean Tannehill. He's been since he took over as a starter in Week Seven. He's been a top five fantasy quarterback and fantasy points per game. And it's not, hasn't really been fluky. He's averaging 9.1 yards per attempt. He's completing almost 73% of his passes, 12 to four uh, touchdown interception ratio. He could run the ball three games of, of his last six. He's had 37 or more rushing yards, one rushing TD and Oh, you get Oakland this week. And uh, you know, as bad as uh, you know, as bad as Brady in the Patriots look, I don't think Houston's a tough matchup for him the following week. I mean, really, you should have been picking up Ryan Tannehill back a while ago and just riding this. He's been good every week, and he's got it going right now. 
you get a great matchup against Oakland, I believe the third most fantasy points allowed to the quarterback position. So Tannehill should have been picked up a while ago and kept on those streaming rosters, and he should have been the guy you've been streaming with because his his schedule hasn't been tough. You, you know, you should have picked him up a while ago and just kept going with him. I don't know why people don't own this guy. Yeah, Ryan Tannehill uh, being a fantasy hero, not something a lot of us saw coming earlier in the season, but he certainly has been that. And uh, friend of the show, friend in real life, Andy Barons of Yahoo had a tweet earlier this morning. Uh, Ryan Tannehill leading the NFL in yards per attempt by a mile is something that's happening. 9.1 yards per attempt for Ryan Tannehill. What a turnaround for this Tennessee Titans offense ever since they inserted him and benched Marcus Mariota. I'm going to go to another one of our uh, old standbys, a guy who replaced Ryan Tannehill in Miami, at least in some way. Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, gets the New York Jets this weekend, one of his many former teams he'll get to go up against. And I saw this tweet also this morning from another uh, one of our favorites in the fantasy industry, Mike Clay of ESPN. Over the last eight games, Miami Dolphins have averaged 2.6 offensive TDs per game. The league average is 2.38 touchdowns per game so this Miami offense has been no joke with Ryan Fitzpatrick at the helm for two months running now uh, we've seen Devontae Parker uh, finally start to break out really hasn't mattered with the revolving door at uh, at uh, running back uh, they've been able to put up points uh, week after week after week they lost Preston Williams didn't really skip a beat there so I do like Ryan Fitzpatrick quite a bit as a stream play this week and again another guy we keep talking about the Dolphins Jets Giants Bengals for the fantasy playoffs. Let's wrap this up. Funston defenses to stream in week 14. This has been the case now for a few weeks running. Not quite as many options at the defense spot as there are a quarterback. Uh, any of these teams jumping out at you as one you would trust for week 14? Uh, give me the Texans. Look pretty good other than their garbage time defense uh, against the Patriots yeah. in week 13. Um, but, you know, they're at home and they get Drew Locke coming to town. The rookie making his first road start. Uh, Drew Locke averaged 4.8 yards per attempt last week, uh, threw a pick. And I just, you know, I'll take I'll take a, a rookie quarterback with a home defense, uh, especially one who, uh, you know, we think is going to be as shaky as Drew Locke uh, likely will be. So uh, give me the give me the Texas. They can they can put some heat on the quarterback. They've had, you know, a, a smattering of games this year where they've had some nice sack totals. I just like their upside for getting some turnovers in this one. Yeah, the, the, I think they're easily the best choice of the uh, 45% and under-owned group of teams. I, I mean, I don't even, I don't think there's a close second. So I would be really trying to get the Texans if I needed some help at this position. And I could get the Texans because, you know, I look at the rest of the list that I've got written out here. Cowboys at Bears, Titans at Raiders, Colts at Bucks, Falcons versus Panthers. Cardinals versus Steelers and none of those five teams is one that I feel great about so I wanted to couch it in that and say that I if I can't get Houston and if there's not you know a 60 or whatever percent owned team available in my league there maybe is in your league and it's an obvious choice but if you are dealing in this you know 45 50 percent and less owned group I would probably lean toward Indy if I wasn't able to get Houston just because of the upside of uh, of the takeaway factor whenever you play Jameis Winston. I mean, you know, Tampa Bay could very well throw a 30 spot up there and Jameis Winston could have four giveaways. I, that's something that is always in play for this Tampa Bay team. Uh, I, I don't think by any stretch of the imagination, uh, Indy's going to go down to Tampa and shut them down, even if they do turn over Winston, you know, two, three, four times. But that possibility is always there. Winston, not exactly a, a very mobile guy either. So the opportunity for sacks always there whenever you play 
against Tampa Bay, and then the uh, dearth of options that we have to stream on the defense uh, side of the ball this season or this week, excuse me, makes me feel confident enough that the that the Colts are going to be one of our better plays as we head into the first round of the fantasy playoffs for most people. Funston, how uh, fantasy playoffs? Yeah, you, you shaping up well. Yeah, I have a I have my my number one home league where I was two and six and I've reeled off five straight wins. I am right now in the play. We, this is a week seventeen mm-hmm. league, so. I'm right now, uh, like I think the fourth seed. So uh, I'm I'm looking good right now. Well, I know uh, all you guys were probably uh, waiting with bated breath for this. Maybe you remember last week I said Ross Blumenfeld, you're going down in my home league. Um, he indeed did go down. I am uh, moving on to the fantasy nice. playoffs. Had myself a huge performance this week. I've been waiting for the. Um, this is a super flex league, two quarterbacks, and I've been waiting for Miles Sanders and Carson Wentz to hook up on a touchdown pass literally all season. I've been sitting waiting 13 weeks for this to happen. And when that was like the first score of the day on Sunday, I felt it was a sign. And uh, my team went on to uh, <laughs> to take that sign and roll with it. So we're moving on to the playoffs. So feeling good myself as well. We hope all of you are feeling good out there. Also moving on to your fantasy playoffs. Hopefully you're feeling good after listening to this episode of Wire to wire as well you can follow brandon on twitter at brandon funston you can follow me on twitter at m beller if you are a subscriber be sure to check out jake's waiver wire column that'll be out for you monday midnight eastern if you are not a subscriber rate review and do subscribe wherever you listen to us and please check out theathletic.com slash wire to wire where you can find 40 percent off an annual subscription to the athletic thank you again for listening to us on this episode of wire to wire for brandon funston i'm michael beller good luck with your waiver bids and have a great week